You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Griffin Caprio. And I'm Jen Dudley. This is our show about podcasters, their origins, and how they came to create their podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Noel Rappin, host of the Tech Done Right podcast presented by TableXI. Noel is also a senior developer with TableXI, working with a wide range of clients. The biggest thing that stood out for me about this conversation with Noel was his focus on the value of consistency and the podcast being like most other uh, marketing and communication mediums where if you're not committed to long-term frequency, then it's not going to have the impact and the value that it should. And for me, what was really notable was how... Noel was looking at using the podcast as providing opportunities for TableXI's internal employees and a way for them to gain experience talking more about what their area of expertise was, which I thought was a really awesome um, kind of dual purpose for the podcast. So here's Noel's story from the beginning. We're here with Noel Rappin, host of the Tech Done Right podcast by TableXI. How are you doing today, Noel? Doing great. Hi. Nice to be here. Great. Um, to start us off, can you give us a, a little bit of a background in terms of uh, yourself, your role at TableXI, and how you got started there? Uh, I am, my main part of my job is as a, a senior level developer at TableXI. Uh, so I spend a lot of my time doing client web development. Uh, and one of my other roles there is to manage and host the Tech Done Right podcast. How long have you been with TableXI? Uh, coming up on six years, which is um, a lot. It's far and away my longest uh, job in the, in the tech industry. So, Oh, awesome. And, and how did the, the podcast uh, come into play? Uh, we had talked about doing something like it for a while. Uh, I, we had done a little bit of like a video or a screencast series intermittently of like short, like five-minute screencasts. Um, which would which did pretty well, but which were kind of foundering on um, they were a little harder to produce and on, on a regular schedule, and they were self directed, like they were interviews. They were just they were essentially um, video structured blog posts more than anything else. Uh, and we started trying to we started trying to play around with this. Um, we figured out uh, or we found an excellent editor. Uh, to handle a lot of the audio aspects of the podcast, um, uh, you know, well within the parameters of, of, of how we wanted to get it done. Um, and Mandy Moore, she does a great job uh, managing the podcast. Um, and so we decided to, st- we kind of decided to start doing it without really knowing what we were going to do with it. So we did a couple of preview episodes that were interviews of me interviewing other members of the TableXI team. And then we started um, interviewing, you know, I started getting into sort of the regular structure of the show, which is an interview with me and somebody from the extended technology space and often but not always another TableXI developer who has relevant experience or designer or, or project manager who has relevant experience. And so we've been doing it for about a year and a half and we use it, um, you know, in addition to its you know, sort of podcast role, uh, you know, it also winds up having a, Role for us in our in table XI's, you know, what say what table XI gets out of it is you know a certain amount of marketing collateral and 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 some sales benefit, um, you know, from having uh, this thing out in the world that 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 shows uh, you know what we do and how we do it. 
So Noel, did you, was it known as soon as you started doing the, uh, talking about doing a podcast that you would be the host or how did, how was that decision made? Yeah, we were structuring it around something that I would do. Um, I have a, 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 you know, a career, a long career that includes a lot of, uh, you know, speaking and teaching and writing, you know, within the technology space. So we are kind of always looking for ways at Tableau Excite to, to leverage that. Uh, and, and so this became, you know, another avenue for doing that. Had you done, a any podcasting before outside of Table XI? Only as a guest. I hadn't been on the host side before. So I'm curious, you mentioned that, um, it's you as the host with a guest and then a kind of a rotating member of, of Table XI. Um, why the, why the three person setup? Um, so it kind of depends. It somewhat depends on what what the topic is. Um, There's some times where having the third or sometimes the fourth person in just makes the conversation flow uh, more easily. Uh, it's nice to have a third perspective. Like a three-legged conversation um, is often just easier to keep flowing than a, a two-headed conversation. Um, and it's nice to get uh, you know, using the other other. Tableside developers gives them an opportunity to, to you know, uh, be part of, to be public facing in a way that a lot of the Tableside developers don't get a chance to do day to day necessarily. And um, uh, so there's a, there's a big advantage to us in, in getting, you know, the opinions of all of our different, the, all of our different personnel out there. Gotcha. So it kind of gives people an opportunity to, you know, practice some of those consulting skills and some of those conversation and communication skills. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often, and often if we're, if it's a conversation about a topic that is not my particular field, uh, like if we're talking about design or, or mobile work, then, then I'll bring in another table XI person as a, a local, more expert person, um, to help guide the conversation. Gotcha. And you mentioned that the podcast overall helps with sales and marketing and, and brand recognition for Table XI. Do you have um, kind of formal goals for the podcast? We didn't when we started. The, the thing when we started was kind of like, can we do this? You know, we were going to try it for like six months. And it was, you know, the, the goals for the six months were very modest. Can we do this? Can we build any kind of recurring audience? Like, can we just like consistently put this thing out? Because um, if you're not going to do it consistently, there's kind of no point in doing it. I think. I think that. I think that in true in a lot of like uh, periodic internet marketing, whether it's blogging or whether it's podcasts, like the ability to do it consistently is a value and and is a starting point. Um, so it w- and then you know once we were able to do that, you know, could it would it be interesting? Would it be good? Uh, would our would potential clients like be interested in hearing these things or, or knowing that we have them. Uh, and, and as that all sort of bore out, um, we've kind of kept it going. It's a little bit hard to put explicit metrics about some of this, like, but we have had, you know, people apply to table XI for jobs who heard about us through the podcasts. We've, we've gotten, um, you know, leads, client leads through the podcasts. We've had client leads that were, you know, that we, where we use the, the, where we showed them some episodes of the podcast to give them a sense of the kind of work we do and the kind of things that are important to us. Um, and, and so, yeah, all of those things have been, have been valuable. 
Is this something where you have the podcast uh, connected to any of your other social channels or are there specific ways that you can engage with your listeners outside of uh, just knowing when they reach out and say that they've been listening? Yeah, we don't do a great job of that. It's it's uh, something that's the goal of the next six months is to try and increase engagement. Um, you know, the podcast has its own website, it has its own Twitter uh, account, um, but there's not a whole lot of ways that we explicitly interact with the, the, the listeners of the podcast. And I wish that there was more of it. It's something we're really trying to work on. It's certainly one of the difficulties, I think, in podcasting in general, because it can be by default just a one-way medium. Do you have ideas, since that's one of your goals moving forward, of how you're looking to do that? <laughs> I wish I had better ideas. Like I would like <laughs> to, like, I wish, we're, we're talking to some people who do more social media marketing just to get some, some better ideas. Um, you know, I think it would probably help if like the, the podcast account, uh, you know, was more active on social media. Right now, the social media activity about the podcast tends to come through my account. Um, Cause you know, but um, you know, if the, it, it would be nice, you know, it's sort of a chicken and egg problem, right? Because before you have a certain critical mass of people, any kind of interaction that you try just looks kind of empty. <laughs> um, and it's not inviting, like it's not inviting. Right. To have, it's not, nobody wants to be like, the second, the first or second person to comment on like the mm -hmm. web page of a, of a podcast. But if there's already like a discussion going on, <laughs> then people might join in. So I, I think, you know, bootstrapping that turns out to be kind of challenging. Um, and, and I wish, I, I wish I, like, I, I wish I could tell you like these were the three things that we did or that we're going to do. Um, I think that we're just going to try to be more active um, and, and hope that uh, that activity gets reflected back to us. Yeah, it's definitely one of the more interesting aspects of of podcasting is given that it's such a um, uh, an intimate medium. So it's usually a conversation between a, you know a very small amount of people, but the ability for other people to kind of like consume that uh, and um, kind of interact with it isn't as I guess isn't as fleshed out. Although there are other, there are companies trying to build kind of like a social uh, communications on top of. Yeah. Well, I look at like greater than code, which is not a company podcast, but it's a, a tech uh, and tech in the extended sense podcast. And they've built up a pretty nice community that they mostly run on Slack um, that has some discussions. You know, it's, it's not a lot, but they, they uh, but it's, but it's pretty nice and, and, and runs pretty well. Um, but it took them a while to get there. And, you know, uh, it, it's not something that you can expect to do, day one, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, and so given it's in, in some ways we're recapitulating early days of web marketing where there was right. a pitch, uh, especially in the early days of the web where market, where marketing people slowly found out that you couldn't like make people interact with you unless there was something <laughs> in it for them. Um, and, and I think that kind of got replicated on social media where brands are finding out that, you know, you can't make people interact with your brand just because it's there and you want them to. Right. Uh, I, you know, I think podcasting uh, has that same dilemma. So speaking of marketing and, and on that kind of topic, do you, do you coordinate the podcast um, guests or, or um, topics with any of the other marketing efforts of table XI that exist outside the podcast? 
Uh, yes, sometimes, but not always. So uh, we have. Ha- so when we are looking to highlight certain aspects of things that Table X Idea does, we try to do a podcast episode or two that that uh, covers it. So we will um, highlight. Uh, in a couple cases, especially where there have been ancillary interesting things, we've had clients on the podcast to talk about their work. Um, you know, we work with. Uh, we actually did a podcast app for the Journal of the American Medical Association, um, and we did a really interesting podcast episode with them about podcasting. JAMA does a lot of podcasting, um, and uh, it was interesting to talk to. They have a, a very nice little recording setup in their offices, um, uh, and it was nice to uh, interesting to talk to them about. Uh, what they do. Uh, so yeah, so like when we, we want to talk about healthcare sometimes, so we've had a couple of healthcare uh, pieces on. Um, we, 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 we show, um, we did a React Native episode in part because we were trying to, to you know, f- highlight our React Native. But I think that one of the things that makes it work though is that all of those episodes have been like inherently interesting in their own respect. Like it's not just like, uh, here's a thing we want you, you know, here's a thing that would be good for us if you knew about, right. uh, which we, we, we need to make it, uh, it needs to be a compelling uh, episode for, you know, what I, what I picture as the audience to the podcast. Um, so, you know, so when we talk about healthcare, we talk about hiring developers for healthcare. We did a panel on that, or we talk about, you know, uh, design in the healthcare space. Um, you know, or we talk about, uh, you know, React Native as a way to transition existing JavaScript knowledge into mobile space or something like that. Um, uh. So are you doing most of the planning then for the episode itself, picking the guests, you know, yeah, p- I choosing do, the topics? I do pick the guests and choose the topics, although I do have, like, I do get suggestions from what, what would be like the, the larger TableXI marketing universe. Um, we'll make suggestions, but I generally own the schedule and, and, and pick the final guests. Um, I, I, I often open up to other, you know, other table XI people to, for people that they want to have on it, um, or, you know, think that we should talk to. Um, but ultimately I wind up doing the schedule. What would you say are your favorite parts of the podcast or what keeps you motivated now over a year and a half in? Um, it's been, so Purely selfishly, it has been a fantastic way for me to get to have long, somewhat involved conversations with colleagues who I am either friendly with but don't see as much as I'd like or don't or I'm not super friendly with and have never really had the opportunity to talk to. Um, so I've had, it's, it's been an opportunity to have some really good, interesting conversations with interesting people. Um, I've also met a couple, of, a couple of the guests that I didn't know going in. Uh, who were really interesting to meet uh, in particular, you know, that's, that's been great. I, I always learn stuff from it. Um, so, and it's just fun. It, it's fun to do. It, it's a nice, if you are like a, <laughs> if you're by temperamentally an introverted person who doesn't like small talk, chit chat, large, you know, that kind of talk event, um, having a structured way to have like a focused conversation with somebody interesting uh, is, is actually kind of great. <laughs> Um, and, and, and so that's been, that's been a, a lot of fun. Um, in particular, I want to call it, this is like a very unique thing that I had. I, I have a relative who had a, who was, um, fairly involved at a fairly high level in healthcare.gov, the recovery effort. 
Um, and I never had an opportunity. He was a manager, not a developer, but I never had an opportunity to, to talk about that with him. And the podcast became a perfect opportunity to talk about what that was like uh, at a high level management level to recover healthcare.gov. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's really cool. I, I can imagine that there's uh, some interesting conversations and some interesting stories uh, that uh, people like that can go into on the podcast. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, I was really happy to get a chance to do it. So you mentioned that you're really liking, um, you know, doing the podcast or Table XI. Does that mean that this is something like podcasting in general is something that you're interested in doing outside of Table XI on your own? Um, that's an interesting question. I think the answer is kind of maybe. I don't know that I necessarily have the time or like, but if, if I came up with, if I had an idea that I was really excited about um, and had a way to offset the, the, the costs of the, you know, if I thought I could at least break even on it, um, mm -hmm. uh, I, and if I had a really good idea, I would probably do it. It's certainly something that I've gotten comfortable with, you know, this, the, the setup of sitting in front of a microphone and this sort of slightly performative conversational style that uh, comes with this kind of podcast interview. Yeah, it's definitely something that gets easier the more you do it. So I could see the barrier to doing an additional one kind of goes down. Right, because if you know, if if we were just talking over lunch or something, like we would not be having like right now. We are being a little bit careful not to interrupt each other and 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 to let people finish sentences, and we are kind of explaining terms and things like that in a way that we wouldn't do necessarily if we were just you know hanging out over lunch. Um, and I think getting used to that like slightly structured style uh, takes takes a, a little bit of time. Is there anything? Uh, as part of producing, recording, and editing the podcast that uh, feels like work to you or anything that you think could be improved? <sighs> Scheduling feels like work. The thing, the thing that actually really most feels like work is putting together the actual page, the actual show notes. Um, uh, we, have, we, we subcontract the transcript, but I still have to listen to the episode to edit the transcript because it's never quite right um, and often not right in like funny ways or ways that distort the meaning, the meaning of the, of the, uh, of the transcript. So like that kind of stuff. Um, and, and like, uh, I don't know, I have never, I have not yet gotten used to like contacting people out of the blue and asking them to be on the podcast, uh, especially people I don't know. Um, and I'm still not used to that yet. Yeah. It can be a tricky thing. I know, um, I have absolutely no problem with it. I guess it just might be a, uh, an acceptance of rejection. Um, but uh, yeah, I can definitely see how that's uh, not someone's favorite part. You know, it's funny, definitely not mine. So I'm fortunate that I have Griffin. The funny thing is I've actually only been outright rejected like once or maybe tw I've been like outright rejected maybe once and kind of ignored. <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing about ignored is I can never tell whether I'm actually being ignored or whether the person's just not paying attention to the channel that I'm trying to contact them on. Right. Uh, You're like, do I reach out again? Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Right. Because like, do I keep, I don't want to bother people, uh, except to the extent that I actually do want to bother them. But I, I, I don't want to be a pest. So there's a certain amount of, of times at which that uh, if I, I'm, I'm ignored in, in a couple of different channels, then I'll stop. Uh -huh. Yeah, Absolutely. Is uh, so as you look at like how the podcast impacts Table XI, is there um, any sort of indication that Table XI will expand uh, to, to be more than one podcast? Um, we have talked about that a little bit, but I don't think it's going to happen in the short term. We've talked about we've talked about basically expanding into a more technical and a less technical channel. Mm. Um, 
But I think that that would be awkward in practice, and I don't think we're going to do it. It, it, it. I think we would be more likely to increase the frequency of uh, the current podcast is biweekly. I think we'd be more likely to increase the current branded thing to weekly, and then maybe you know have some regular specialty episodes. Um, but I, I think that we'll. I don't think either of those is super likely in the short term. Have you made many changes to the show format since you got started? Uh, not really. I think I've just got, I've gotten a little bit better at hosting. We've tried a couple of things that we do. We've done a couple of live panels, um, which, uh, we will, we would do. They're a little bit hard to schedule, but they're fun. Um, we've done a couple of things. I mean, we haven't done a couple. We, we, I was going to say we've done a couple of things that are experimental, but the experimental has mostly been in our, our, our choice of guests, not really the format. Um, is that like the, the JAMA episode? Yeah, the Jam episode. We had another client come on to talk about basically like what it's like to work with developers if you're not a developer. Mm. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. Um, that one was pretty good. Do uh, you imagine doing more of those kind of interviews with clients? I think we will, again, as we, if we come up with a good angle, basically. Gotcha. Um, you know, it, Maybe we have a startup client that wants to talk about how you build a startup, um, although we've, we've kind of done that with some people who aren't clients. Um, uh, or something like that. Um, but yeah, we, we've talked vaguely about doing something that would be a more produced reported thing, but that is very, very labor intensive and I'm not entirely sure that we have the bandwidth for it. Yeah. That and uh, video, I think are, mm-hmm. you know, two of the more intensive um, ways that you can kind of like craft those stories and, and those narratives. So. Yeah. Video is hard. Even if you're doing just like a screencast, you know, even if it's just a slide, something basically a slideshow over audio, it's still mm-hmm exponentially more complicated. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely the thing where audio is complicated and video is is like an order of magnitude more complicated. So I can definitely see that. Yeah, um, there's all these things you have to care about in video, um, especially once you start actually showing people. Right. And that they have to care about. So I, yeah. I think that's one thing is a lot of people are more comfortable just being on the mic or that's mm-hmm. enough to get comfortable around. It's a whole different yeah. thing in front of a camera. And, and it's weird that the, the audio can be more of a connection with the audience than a video can. Um, at least I think, you know, I believe that. Um, so, you know, I, I would only put in the extra production time if I really came up with an idea that I thought would really justify it. Do you have any sort of go-to question or favorite question that you like to ask uh, the people that you talk to? <laughs> so um, this actually came out of my the podcast with the the with um, Dr. Livingston, I think was his name uh, from JAMA, uh, and and I think he stole it from Ira Glass. The, the ultimate question is, um, what did you do? Did it turn out like you thought it was going to? And if not, how is it different? <laughs> um, it's a question that's applicable in almost any situation and mm-hmm. most guests will have, uh, you know, some kind of interesting answer about it. Um, so that's a, that's a good start question. Um, I don't, I don't actually, I don't know that I necessarily have a whole lot of go-to questions, although often I will uh, end with like, what should I ask you that I haven't asked you yet? Which usually gets edited out, but uh, um, sometimes people are itching to talk about something and I don't quite get to it. So. Yeah, I like that question too. Yeah, I like to give people the chance to, it, it, you know, if there's something they were really hoping to say. Um, but another thing that I find is that, like, often the first, it, it's kind of tricky because often the first 
the, the best parts of the podcast of a conversational podcast are like the last 15 or 20 minutes. Um, in the first 15 or 20 minutes, people come in with an expectation of what they're going to say or what they're going to talk about. And they kind of stay on their, not quite talking points, but on their, uh, you know, on their track. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, over the course of the time that the people get more comfortable with each other, you start getting into topics that were not anticipated up front. And I think that often the last 20 minutes are more interesting than the first 20 minutes, but unfortunately you, you have to go through the first 20 minutes. <laughs> to yeah. Get- yeah. You can't shortcut that. I think it's, um, I've heard some people that will do like a prep call because some of it is, uh, just getting familiar with the other person, yeah. but that's challenging and, and even if the calls are separated, I think you still have that kind of warm up <laughs> when you actually start recording. Yeah. And that's sometimes like, I just relatively recently did a podcast uh, where it just happened where like, uh, you know, I, I, I know one of the panelists, you know, one of the people who was on it a little bit better than I know most of the panelists. And, and we kind of both knew that, that, that we, both, we kind of had a certain level of comfort talking to each other. And I think you can tell in that episode that we kind of immediately come out, you know, in a more, uh, open place and it's a much mm-hmm. it becomes a much more interesting conversation for it but uh it took you know but that you can't do that every time i don't think yeah not without uh warming up like with a drink or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> kick off the podcast interview that way yeah and it's kind of hard for me to do remotely with the right right <laughs> well that could be the start of the interview they could hear like a knock on their door or like a <laughs> like a doorbell and somebody delivering a bottle of wine yeah, it was pretty. I don't know what your setup is like there, but but you know, I'm basically just in a conference room with a laptop right now. Um, sometimes I will put pillows around the mic to baffle it, um, but it's not a very elaborate setup. But when I went to uh, Journal of the American Medicine Association, like they have an actual studio, you know, they have a real like sound engineer and you know, uh, boom, you know, mics on stands and and you know, a permanent installation, um, and that was quite nice. Uh, uh, when I had it, you know, I had an engineer, you know, taking room noise to, to be able to subtract it from the final thing, which is a little bit more elaborate than our production uh, gets. So, yeah, Jen has uh, taught me worlds about uh, what it takes to record audio, including the room noise um, and some of the other aspects. So I've been I've been pretty blown away. Yeah, we're definitely still improving. We have a, a far from an acoustically um, reliable space mm-hmm. to record in. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like our like our, our setup is not acoustically liable, but it's also the kind of thing where we set it. You know, another great thing about this kind of thing is we set it up basically f- for nothing. Like, we bought a hundred dollar mic, and we eventually bought a few more mics so that we could do live episodes. But basically, the whole thing records on you know under one hundred and fifty dollars worth of equipment. Um, and 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 that was another thing that was enticing for us was that the investment in it was not very high. Uh, except for the you know, the investment in my time, but but the material investment, the capital investment was was very low, which was great. Yeah, that that's part of the appeal, I think, for sure, is the ease of getting started. And back to one of the things that you had said earlier about podcasting often being more intimate uh, for listeners or them feeling that they have more engagement than video. I completely agree with, and we hear that a lot. And I think that there's something about having the uh, only one sense to pay attention to and that you're taking somebody with you sort of in your, in your ears. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I think a, a lot of people, you know, really obviously listen to podcasts on earbuds or headphones, you know, the voice is right there mm-hmm. uh, in a way that if you're watching video, often maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're, you're listening to a speaker. 
Sure. Like that. Uh, and I think that, that makes a difference. I was kind of curious. I, I just one last question. Um, it, you know, when, when table XI kind of started the podcast, I'm kind of curious, was there a discussion as to why a podcast versus some other medium, some other formats? I, I'm, how did you guys end up on, on a podcast? In um, yeah. Well, like I said, we had tried screencast. We've done stuff with blogs. Um, it just seemed like, it seemed like a, a, like a reasonable thing to try. It seemed like something we could build an audience at. It seemed like something that we had the skills to do reasonably well and, and the skill set to distribute. Uh, you know, the, the, like I said, the cost to entry is, was pretty low. Um, so it all seemed to kind of work out. Gotcha. So like low friction, low cost of entry, why not give it a shot? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So what's next for you? You mentioned changing some goals, uh, p- perhaps moving forward. Do you have any other big ideas or things that you're hoping to do moving forward? Um, I'm hoping to, I'm, I'm hoping a couple of things. I'm hoping to get, you know, as I said, more audience engagement. I'm hoping to sort of widen the pool of, uh, uh, panel of, of, of guests beyond a little bit more beyond developers. I mean, developers are, you know, still like, probably a slight majority, but I'd like to get a wider stretch. I'd like to do more design focused and, and have some people from language communities that I don't talk to very much. Uh, I think that would be interesting. Well, no, it was great to have you on today and hear the the background and the genesis of both Tech Done Right as well as your um, your origins as, as a podcaster. If people want to learn more about either you, TableXI, or the Tech Done Right podcast, where should they go? Yeah, uh, we're all on the web and we're on Twitter. Uh, so TableXI is TableXI.com and at TableXI. Uh, the Tech Done Right podcast is uh, TechDoneRight.io and it is uh, on Twitter at Tech underscore Done underscore Right. Um, and you can find me at Noel Rapp, N-O-E-L-R-A-P on Twitter. Um, and I have my own small web presence at NoelRappin.com. Gotcha. And we'll make sure those links and uh, anything else we discussed during today's show, like the Greater Than Code podcast, um, are going to be in the show notes uh, for this episode when it's published. Great. Thank you. This has been another episode of From the Beginning, editing and theme music provided by Roy Matz. Thanks for listening. <laughs>